WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. Brought to you by Ace of Lacrosse Sportsland and by Roscoe's Live Bait in Toma. Joining me on the phone right now is uh, Gage Griffin from the UW Lacrosse Fishing Team. And we're going to talk a little uh, little bass fishing here this morning. Morning, Gage. Uh, how, are things, uh, how are things going for you this morning? Oh, they're going great. Good. Glad to glad to hear it. Hey, thanks again for uh, for for uh, coming on the show this morning here and uh, talking a little bit uh, about uh, about bass fishing here. And uh, just uh, I, I guess my first question would be is uh, you know how's your uh, how's your summer going? How are you uh, how are you doing finding the fish? Uh, it's been an interesting summer, uh, honestly. With the college stuff, we're not allowed to compete the rest of the year, so that's been a big struggle for our mm-hmm. anglers. Um, you know, obviously this whole COVID deal has a lot of people kind of, you know, looking for stuff to do. And, you know, fishing is one of those great sports that, you know, really hasn't slowed down except for the college side of things. And yeah. been out a lot. Uh, it's been a pretty weird summer. I haven't seen the water this low well ever. You know, being here, my this is my third year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just getting used to learning how to run these sloughs with the water this low, That's that's been a challenge in itself. Yeah, I can. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, this is uh, uh, it is a, a bit unusual. Again, yeah, we've uh, we've certainly had to been be dealing with uh, with high water the last couple of uh, last couple of summers here, and yeah, it's uh, definitely definitely this is I you know, and I guess I would look at this more as sort of a normal uh, a normal summertime. Uh, maybe it's a the, yep. the water levels are a little low this late, but you know, again. Uh, yep. But uh, but yeah, I hear I I hear what you're uh, I hear what you're saying there, and I I guess too. How is that uh, How is that affecting you finding the fish? Um, a lot of stuff that I'm kind of fishing, or areas even that I fished last year. You know, I've been like just telling myself, and I've heard a lot of people saying this on the water, not just even bass guys, but just in general, is that if there was two more feet of water in here, it'd be really good. You know, a lot of the cover that I've grown up kind of fishing in my couple of years here on this river has really been kind of sucked dry for the most part. You know, mm-hmm. you'll notice that a lot of trees are, uh, are out of the water. A lot of the cut banks are, you know, kind of, they don't really have a good amount of water on them, but there's still fish to be had. Um, you know, you just got to do a little bit more looking and, it's kind of nice because this river can eat up so much time because when the water's high, everything looks good. When the, you know, the forest floods out and, mm-hmm. you know, all these islands flood out and all the sloughs get, you know, a good amount of water in them, everything just looks so fishable. And now it's finally drawing down the water a bit to where you have a little bit more isolated targets and you're doing a lot more looking with your eyes before you, you know, actually start fishing just to see where you even want to be at. Um, you know, a lot of the frogging stuff for me has been tough this year because unlike the past couple of years where, you know, every backwater lake had two, three feet of water in it for the most part, it, most of them are really shallow right now. So I'm definitely adapting to it, but the bite, you know, there's still plenty of fish to be had. It's just, you know, adapting with the river and that's the name of the game here is constantly, you know, changing with the river. And I think any seasoned river angler has kind of figured that out, Mm -hmm. you know, water level is the big big determining factor on this river so you just got to keep moving with the water yep yep exactly and, and i mean are, are you finding that it's it, it's 
concentrating the f- i mean obviously there's there's less water but so yeah it is to yeah. a certain extent but i mean is it concentrating them more in specific the specific spots you're you're finding them in i mean are you finding more fish oh, yeah. in a specific spot as opposed to you know sort of that that scattered effect if you will yeah i 110 percent agree with that statement uh we actually had the bfl last weekend mm-hmm. out of prairie to shame so that was on pools 9 10 and 11 and uh you know, I fished a couple of different things, did some frogging and flipping, but it was really interesting to see how many fish could load up in just like one tree, for example. Normally, um, the past couple of years when I've gone out and flipped wood, you know, you would catch typically one to two fish off of a tree, but there was so much wood in the water, you could go flip 50 trees in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, kind of what I found is like when I go, let's say, flip wood, there may only be three trees in in the water on a whole bank, but I can flip into a tree, you know, five, six times and pull out, you know, five, six fish, just depending on how deep that tree is. It's more about finding the right stretches of area. Mm-hmm. and really picking them apart. So I, I have noticed that it has bunched them up quite a bit, um, which is one of the benefits of this. It's not even low water. Like you said, it's more normal pool, but um, just this lower water versus high water really does bunch them up in an area. So once you find a key stretch, you really got to pick it apart, which, you know, saves some boat gas, so that's never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's uh, that's uh, that's 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 very true. But yeah, it's just and 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 is that and I, I guess maybe talk a little bit about where where exactly you are finding them. What are they? You know, are they are you finding them in different places with the again maybe the, this more normal water or whatever? Are, are you finding them in in different places or or still the same places? Maybe just you know the the places that have the, you know the water. And I, I'm not asking that quite right, but. Uh, I, I hope you know what I mean. That that you know yeah. you're finding no, them in timber, but in the and, and weed lines and places like that, it's just th- those are the kind of places yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about. Yeah, so um, these fish are still in their summertime pattern, kind of transitioning to the shad. Uh, the shadder, the shad spawn, you know, is starting to get to the point where there's a lot of shad that are that two to three inch class, and they're starting to key in on shad. So. I've been looking for areas that have them. Uh, they haven't really locked on the shad like they do in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's it's your traditional summertime stuff. Any structure that's in the water, uh, wood, any cut banks, some undercut banks if they have water on them or structure. There's still some frogging stuff, but the frogging has been very weird this year. They're in what they're, you know, people are calling it cheese. But those thick algae mats are really the only um, successful frogging I've had. And in that stuff, it gets so thick that it's really hard to just land your fish. You'll get a lot of blow-ups, but they mm-hmm. miss it a lot of times and don't come back. So I've been shying away from that stuff. Plus, there's a lot of pike and dogfish in that. Um, you know, moving out towards your main river stuff a little bit. Uh, you know, I've, I've been checking wing dams and those aren't really on yet, but I feel that in the next month, those will be full steam ahead. They're kind of in that transition right now Mm -hmm. and they're really scattered. You know, guys are making a lot of things work, you know, sand drops and, uh, wing dams and, you know, some, your traditional flipping style stuff. 
but they're in that transition right now between their full summertime and getting into that shad, you know, fall pattern where, you know, these bays and main channel areas that are holding shad are really going to start picking up here in the next couple of weeks. So I definitely keep that on your radar if you're going out. Okay. And and I guess what are you finding that uh uh what are they uh what are they biting on it? And and if you need to differentiate, yep. you know, differentiate between, you know, largemouth and smallmouth that kind of thing, what uh what uh, sure. what are you finding uh, sure. the most success with? Uh for largemouth I've pretty much kept three baits glued in my hand since summer started. A uh, a 3 ounce Texas rig with a Strike King plastic of your choosing has been really good. I actually really started to play with a new bait um, by Strike King, or I guess it's not even that new, but it's called a Game Hog, and it's a brush hog style bait. It's um, a very slender little plastic with two little ribbon tails on the end of it, essentially. Uh, and I really like that bait because it's really good for flipping into heavy cover, like brush, trees, stuff like that. It gets through stuff really well, but uh, the hook sits in them in them plastics very good and uh you know that's been working really well in terms of a flipping bite you know i've pretty much stuck with a three eighths but you can pick any weight of your choosing black and blue is pretty much what i throw but uh green pumpkin also works a uh, a black frog of your choice i throw a striking sexy frog but i know a lot of people on the river live with a spro uh, just a black frog. The bigger the profile right now seems to be a little bit better for them to key in on it. But, uh, you know, like I said, that frog bite hasn't been the best for me. I know a couple people making it work, but uh, definitely has not been my go-to. But, it, you know, you can make it work if you keep it in your hand all day. And then uh, a TNT tackle depth charge skipping jig has been really key for me because uh, you can flip it even on these mud banks where – you necessarily don't see cover and drag it down the bank and feel for deeper wood. That's been a lot of what I've been learning this, this summer is that you're finding a lot more of this cover that's a couple feet under the water now, but the past couple years was so deep under the water because the water was so high that you never even fished right over the top of it. So uh, a, a, a depth charge skipping jig and a three eighth or a half ounce has been a really big part of my success in practice and just in the bfl circuit this year uh just trying to even find the cover i'll use that jig a lot almost just to feel the bottom and uh you know i can always pick a texas rig up if the cover gets really thick but that jig has been really good for locating cover and you know seeing if there's something down there um so for largemouth that's pretty much what i've stuck with in my hand all summer for smallmouth, um, a Carolina rig has been really good, um, and I've been throwing a three-quarter ounce barrel weight on there, uh, pretty much exclusively, and uh, a variety of baits. I've played around with that a lot this year. I like to throw a structure bug on it, a Strike King structure bug, and also too, uh, actually a Rage Swimmer a fluke has been really key the past couple of weeks in terms of finding these fish on shad and uh, you can drag that over eelgrass, sand drops, main channel points. Um, there's just a lot of things you can do with that rig. So that's definitely something that's been really good for both largemouth and smallmouth, but I just tend to pick it up more in smallmouth areas. Um, a topwater bait 
I've been throwing the uh, the new Strike King hard knocking sexy dog, and it's called Carolina Chrome. It's a really neat bait. It's a solid chrome spook, and they've been just wearing the paint off of it. I mean, <laughs> just taking you know taking all the chrome clear off the bait. Um, you know, and that's always fun when you can get on a bite in the morning and make the same cast ten times over and get ten different fish to hit it. So that's been a pretty key key bait for uh, smallmouth. And then the last thing is just your standard crankbait. A square bill has been really good all year over eelgrass and uh, rock. You know, just any shad pattern. I throw a striking KVD 1.5 in uh, just a standard gizzard shad color. But, you know, everybody that's sexy shad color is obviously a big player. And it doesn't even seem to matter so much the brand or the exact shad color. You just have to be making contact with the cover, whether you're running it over eelgrass or running it over rocks, um, stuff like that. But I've mainly really stuck to a lot of power fishing stuff this year, which surprised me because over the past couple of years, a lot of the times I've had to slow down a little bit in areas. Mm-hmm. And other than a flipping bite, I mean, these fish are still really aggressive. And I'm starting to notice that a lot with the shad um, getting into these areas where these fish are, too. is They're a lot more willing to chase a little bit now. You just have to get your bait in front of them in that general area, and they will chase a little bit to get some food right now. So uh, the bite's definitely picking up. And I think in the next couple of weeks, I know I keep saying this, but mm-hmm. I think it's going to really, really get good in the next couple of weeks for everything. I think the walleye are going to start running better on the wing dams. I think there'll be plenty of bass to catch in these backwater areas and on main channel stuff, as well as, you know, pike. And I've noticed the pan fishing has been fairly decent um, for the anglers that I have spoke to. But I think everything in the fall just always seems to pick yeah. up once the shad really start moving. And I think we're seeing the beginnings of that. So it should get really good here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that's and, and yep, you're exactly right. Yeah, fall is just uh, uh, one of my favorite times to get out on the water and, and, and do some fishing. And, and uh, yeah, the fish uh, always just seem uh, much more receptive to, uh, to, like you said, they're 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 gonna they're more willing to, to chase down those. Uh, uh, chase down those lures when uh, when they're put right in front of them there as well. So, well, yeah, and that, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying that, and they know what's coming. I mean, you know how yeah. it is around here. Winter comes quicker than we want it to, and they know once that, you know, beginning of September hits, they have mm-hmm. about two months left of decent weather to feed up before we're starting to look at cold temperatures and possibly even ice we had ice really early last year i think we had it in uh i think i was ice fishing by thanksgiving last year so mm-hmm. you know it's we're getting to that time where they're really going to have to start that fall feed up to get ready for uh for the rough winter ahead of us so yeah it's uh yeah and, and again uh it, it just this year has been kind of uh not so typical for uh, for the la- compared to the last couple of years or whatever. So yeah, who knows what? But you're right. Yeah, I mean we're getting to that point. It is you know it's you know August 22nd and we're looking at temperatures in the 90s here next week. But yeah, it's really not that. It's not as far away as 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 you think. I mean it's going to be here before we know it. For sure. So yeah. It, it, so so let me ask yep. you, uh, Gage here as well. So. 
how do things, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit here too, talking about, I guess, where do things stand as far as the fishing team goes for the university here? Yep. And I, yep. So um, if I can speak very candidly, I understand uh, we all have to realize, you know, as much as anybody, it's very frustrating for us right now but we have to understand that we are in very different times Mm -hmm. right now and the school is working very hard to try to get to where we can compete again safely um however uh we've been speaking with our director all summer and they made the executive decision oh god i think a week ago is when it was sent out that we are done for our 2020 season Mm -hmm. at uw lacrosse in terms of traveling for competition, in-person fundraisers, and in-person volunteering. However, the school is being very proactive about um, doing some online fundraising and volunteering and trying to keep anglers engaged. So we're more doing behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, You know, I know you've had Troy on the show Mm -hmm. a couple of times, and, you know, I have to give props to Troy. He's, you know, a great leader and you know, I can't act like I've been uh, very collected during all this. It's very hard to hear during your senior season. You're losing the first half of your senior year, mm-hmm. um, you know, because of this. And, you know, we're kind of in a situation where it is what it is. But Troy has already suggested some great ideas to keep anglers involved and keep us yep. engaged in the community, doing some online seminars so we could, you know, have anglers discuss specific techniques or talk about stories from their summer about fishing. And, uh, you know, we're going to just have to do a lot of work this fall on keeping people engaged through online methods uh, until the university changes their stance. I know a lot of schools are still able to compete, and that is determined school-by-school basis. Um so there is still competitions going in the college circuit. In fact, yesterday there was a college tournament that was in lacrosse. Uh, McKendry, a team from McKendry, ended up winning it with uh, 14 pounds and 10 ounces. And it only took 11 pounds and 10 ounces to qualify for the national championship. Mm. And for our listeners who don't know how that works, it's the top 10 teams okay. at each qualifying event qualify. So to take 10th place, it only took 11 pounds and 10 ounces, and uh, I believe there's only 52 or 54 boats in the event. So it's very low showings right now, and I've actually spoke with Kevin Hunt over at FLW quite a bit about this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, you know, they've definitely noticed a decrease in attendance because of schools not allowing travel. But, you know, to get back towards, you know, our team specifically – you know, we're going to be doing a lot in terms of, you know, social media and online stuff, um, you know, in terms of seminars. And we really wish we could be more engaged with the community right now. It's just uh, we've we've been put on a very strict ban of no in-person, pretty much anything. No meetings in person, no travel, no fundraising, no volunteering. That's in person. However... We are currently uh, working on methods of doing those sort of things online. Um, so this whole 2020 year isn't at a loss, but I haven't competed for the college since my birthday all the way in March wow. was the last competition I did because we've been put on a travel ban. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, you know, it's kind of an unfortunate situation, but a lot of guys are still involved. Actually, I keep saying guys, but guys and girls. Yeah. Uh, actually, our two female members have been some of the more active individuals on our team this summer. Uh, one of the members on our team, Caitlin, was on a month-and-a-half trip in Alaska out there doing some fishing. I know Caleb Knoll. Um, he just went into the army, but he sure. did quite a bit of fishing out on, uh, Sturgeon Bay this summer and spring. And I've been traveling for competitions, mm-hmm. um, for BFLs and stuff like that all year. So our members are staying engaged in the, you know, in their own individual means in the community. And, you know, we're just working with the situation at hand and it's just unfortunate that we find ourselves in these times and yeah. we'll see what happens here in the coming months um you know i'm hoping that you know this all sort of fizzles out going into the spring of 2021 so we can get back uh we can get back to work and you know representing our school proudly but uh in the meantime we're just gonna really work on finding ways to to adapt like everybody else has. I'm sure you guys, yeah. you know, have had your fair share of challenges you've had to face. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure plenty of the listeners right now have had the same thing with their work and their, you know, their yeah. in- engagements. And, you know, it's just something we have to deal with until this situation is, you know, under control in terms of the, uh, the COVID bans and stuff like that. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, it's it, it, it's been a challenge, I think, for for everybody, and that's uh, that that's true, and that's one of the nice things. And, and I do have to say that that it is one of the nice things. Fishing is one of those sports where you know it, it's you've got the team competitions like you you've been talking about here too. But you know when it comes right down to it, it's an individual sport. So I mean, you can still go out and enjoy it. It's not like you can't get out yeah. there and 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 do that and and, it, and I'm 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 very glad to hear that you know you've been out and, and doing the competitions uh and uh I, I tell you what I want I need to take a short little break uh and uh, I'll get you back on in just a, a moment here but uh, uh and I do kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, some of those competitions and some of the things that uh, uh that you've learned as well so let me take a short break uh, Gage and we'll be uh, we'll be back in just a second here with more of WKTY outdoors on WKTY, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. WKTY Outdoors, brought to you by Roscoe's Live Bait in Toma. He'll tell you where the fish are biting. Just go in and ask. The air cools, colors change, the bluffs and the woodlands transform into that familiar look of fall. It's the part of the year you'll love. Hunting around here is as good as it gets in the Midwest. At Ace Sportsland in La Crosse, they can't wait either. Not only do they offer all the hunting and fishing gear you need, but their staff are also hunters, fishermen, and outdoor enthusiasts. So whether you hunt small game, waterfowl, or whitetails, get your gear from people who share your passion. Ace Sportsland in Ace of La Crosse on Mormon Cooley Road. WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. That was going to be a short little break. And it was. <laughs> Speaking right now with uh, with Gage Griffin from uh, the UWL fishing team here. And uh, Gage, I, I know I, I've been kind of seeing some of your, your posts there on uh, on social media and things like that. You've been you've been doing some, and you you've talked about it. You've mentioned it here a couple times here too. But yeah, you've been fishing the uh, the BFL circuit, and I guess my you know how has that been? I mean, that's got to be you know you know I mean 
that's got to just be a great educational experience in and of itself, just being able to uh, uh, to kind of uh, hang out with all those other anglers and just, you know, get some of their knowledge uh, of, uh, of what yeah. to do to succeed. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a very interesting experience for me. You know, you kind of touched on it right before the break, but, you know, when you're not in a college team event, it becomes a very individual sport, and your mental strategy changes a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm a very young angler to this area, and by no means do I consider myself a guy that, you know, is guaranteed anything on the river in terms of a successful day on the water. Um, but I find myself having a pretty good season. I'm sitting 37th in the points. You know, I slipped up a little bit at this last BFL. And uh, talk about a learning experience. You know, I had an area that, that had some fish, and uh, there's a lot of local traffic there the day of the tournament, and it kind of spun me out. Uh, and, you know, I only ended up weighing two fish, and that's the first tournament this year I haven't weighed a limit in. And, uh, you know, it's very easy to just be negative and point the finger, oh, you know, these local guys were in my way, oh, this, that. But, you know, Troy over there and uh, actually a couple of my uh, friends in the community, including Jeremiah Shaver, sure. I'd love to give that guy a shout-out. He won his first BFL ever. Uh, he's had a lot of high-place finishes, but he finally pulled off a win. Uh, super proud of him because he, you know, he had a very tough practice and didn't make excuses and made things go his way and ended up winning the last BFL last weekend here with uh, mm-hmm. over 15 pounds. So he had a great day. Yeah. But, you know, getting getting back to what we were talking about, you know, you learn a lot of lessons when you fish that way. When you're in college and you have this team mentality, you have somebody to pick you up and keep you focused when things aren't going your way and, you know, vice versa, you know, that's part of being a good boater when you have a, on a college team, when you notice your partner getting frustrated or spinning out a little bit, you know, you guys kind of talk each other out and you're working as a team. When you're in these BFLs, you want your co-angler to do well, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, you know, every fish he catches behind you is potentially one more you could have had that you could or may not need, you know? So, it's a very different mentality when you go into these things. And, you know, I'm learning a lot about not even so much the fishing side of it. You know, I've, I've come to realize, you know, tech, you know, technique wise, I'm pretty proficient and I can go out and, you know, learn something fairly quick if I need to, but it's more about those decisions you have to make to be, you know, one of these elite anglers that, you know, when they come here, like Tom Monsoor, when he won the FLW tournament, you know, Jacob Wheeler, he's a guy that, you know, you hear his name constantly yep. in the pro circuit. And these guys, it's not even that they do anything that, that's that secret. You know, Tom even, you know, talked about after the tournament exactly what he was doing and with what bait. But it's making those decisions, those split-second decisions on when do you leave an area, when do you scrap your practice and say, you know what, this isn't working. We need to just go fish. You know, those are the mm-hmm. decisions that you really learn when you start fishing on your own. And uh, it's a trial and error process. And you really, you know, there's only one way to learn it is to get out and do it. You know, those are, you know, you can try to coach them and talk about those decisions all you want. But until as an angler, you experience those things, you just, you can't learn that, you know, that's something you have to just go out and do. And, that's been a lot of my season this year, you know, is just learning, you know, what decisions that I'm making that work and what don't and just adjusting throughout the season 
uh, to try to stay in the top 45 in points to make the regional on Table Rock Lake mm-hmm. uh, coming up. So, you know, I'm doing all right. I'm right right in the hunt of it for sure, sitting in 37th. You know, we have an event this Saturday out of lacrosse. Um, and if there's people listening that maybe aren't already signed up for BFL, the rates have never been lower. As a boater, it's 200 bucks to enter. Um, great competition and uh, plenty of money to be won. So if you're looking to get out and do something with your weekend and want to get into a tournament, BFL is, uh, is a great great place to look. And maybe if you don't have access to a boat, uh, signing up as a co-angler is only $100 right now. So, uh, And you can win a good pot of money. I, I believe the, the last BFL Auto Lacrosse paid, almost, paid over $5,000 to the boater, and I think almost $2,500 to the co-anglers. So there's plenty of money to be won in those tournaments. So it's definitely something to look into. All right. Whoops. I hit the wrong button there. Um, yeah, that's no, and, and that's great. And, and I mean, that's, that's, that's part of the fun of it too, is that, you know, it is, it, you know, it's a tournament, it's a competition, you're competing and everything, but yeah, it's, it, it's a great learning opportunity. And like you said, you know, I mean, you make those decisions on the fly, you're making those decisions, uh, you know, right away that, that, you know, will affect you two or three or four hours later, yep. which, which, uh, which maybe you're not necessarily, you know, if you're just a casual weekend angler, you know, you're, you're, it's not necessarily going to affect things very, very much, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's fascinating being on those, those tournament teams. And I, I just even, you know, talking to the anglers and covering it, uh, you know, pick up a ton of knowledge i can't imagine what it must be like just being a, an angler out on the, the water and having to you know com- and competing with these guys so yeah it's a it's a whole nother yeah. level so well gage, yeah it, it it definitely is well gage i've got to wrap things up here i'm, I'm kind of winding down on time here but uh, I, I really appreciate you you taking the time this morning to uh, to chat with me here and uh, uh talk a little bit about uh little bass fishing action and and how things are going for you this summer uh, I, I, I appreciate it. And, and I, I'm guessing too, if people want to follow along on, on like Facebook and things like that, if you guys have some online stuff that you're going to be doing, uh, for the fishing team, uh, that'd be the place to check out. Hello. Uh, yeah, our, our social, yeah, our social media platforms are, uh, definitely the place to keep up to date. The UW lacrosse fishing page on both, uh, Facebook and Instagram is okay. where we keep up to date. We talk about some of the great products that our sponsors have come out with, like the TNT Tackle Buzz and Toe. That's been a huge success this year over at TNT Tackle and a great lure. If you really like to throw a buzz bait and like to throw custom trailers on them, like a, a horny toad or a swim bait, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also keep up to date with our members. Uh, we talk about what our members are doing. Uh, any team functions we will be at. So that's definitely the best platform to follow us on. And like I said, we're on both Facebook and Instagram. So that'll definitely be the best place to keep up to date with our team affairs. Sounds good. Well, Gage, again, I I appreciate it. Thanks again for, uh, for spending some time with me this, uh, this Saturday morning. Have a, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Always uh, appreciate being on the show and thank you for supporting our team. We really appreciate it. You're very, very welcome. That's uh, that's Gage Griffin here. I've got a, uh, I'm running real late on time here, so I got to squeeze another quick break in here and I'll be back to wrap things up in just a moment here on WKTY outdoors on WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM.